This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to the Delighted Customers Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Slayton, and I'm so glad you're here. I empower leaders to turn indifferent customers into loyal fans. I talk to guests with a wide range of expertise who share meaningful insights and wisdom. We give you practical tips and proven frameworks and share ways to help you delight your customers. Who in your business is thinking about what the customers are saying and who in your business is thinking about what the employees are saying? So for for the CEO that's thinking about why do they need CX or why should they invest in customer success? The, the, the real the real question is why wouldn't you it's, it's it, the, the 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 return is far too great and I, and I think the other thing is this every company's gonna have a different natu- natural evolution or maturation around how they kind of build and then gain the benefit or see the benefit of CX and CS but the faster you get started the faster this stuff starts getting mapped the faster the different cost to action start getting teed up the faster you see how your team's going to be able to double down I am so excited to introduce our guest today, Adrian Brady Chazana, and he is from Buffalo. So, so excited to to talk to someone from the Great Lakes area, probably a Bills fan. We didn't talk about this beforehand, (laughs) and uh, they're having a great season, by the way, and also uh, a CX person, so CX professional who also has a podcast. Um, I am so excited. This will be a fun time together. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about some things we haven't talked about on the Delighted Customers podcast show because Adrian brings that, uh, that to us with his background. And that is, we're going to talk a little bit about what customer success uh, and how that what that means and how it relates to customer experience. And they are two different things. And also a little bit about SaaS and all that's happening with uh, software as a service, uh, as it also interweaves with the customer experience. So very excited. Um, Adrian, welcome to the show. Mark, thank you so much for having me, man. I'm super excited to be here today. Excellent. Well, if you don't mind, uh, bring our audience up to speed as to your background, number one, and two, how you got involved in the world of customer experience. Absolutely. So I'll give you I'll give you the quick elevator pitch so that so that uh, we can kind of jump into <laughs> our conversation. But for 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 me, Mark, it was it was interesting. So I definitely grew up working um, primarily at startups, venture capital backed startups, and I spent a lot of time building different companies, building different teams. Definitely spending a ton of time in the in the trenches thinking about how do you build out a team? What type of tools need to go into a tech stack? Um, how do you build process around this stuff? Right? How do you build playbooks and knowledge base? And how do you share tribal knowledge as you're building and scaling a business? And then I spent a lot of time thinking about feedback, Mark. So as especially as I got deeper and deeper into my career and I spent more time with different companies, different executive leadership teams and different customer bases, thinking about how do you get really good at understanding what the voice of the customer is telling you or what the drumbeat or the pulse of the customers, and then doing the same thing on the EX side, Mark, too. So, so thinking about your voice of employee, because typically your, employee, your employees have a ton of ideas. They know where all the consternation points lie. And oftentimes they already know where some of the biggest areas are uh, for opportunity. Um, and I spent about 10 years in New York City, Mark, working at a plethora of different venture capital-backed startups. So I, I got to spend time at um, one of the country's fastest growing floral subscription companies, a company called H Bloom. We were trying to take over the, 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 the world of on-demand floral. 
um, primarily working with B2B businesses, Mark. So think uh, when you're in New York City or Washington, D.C. or Chicago or San Francisco, and you walk into these beautiful hotels and restaurants and maybe even lobbies of large project ma- uh, property management groups, we were doing weekly floral subscriptions for these people. We were also doing delivery uh, to people's homes. And so I got to kind of cut my teeth in the world of CX right there. Where I was working with our customers. I was working with our floral designers, our, our floral delivery drivers. And it was kind of my first opportunity sort of general managing the New York City flagship market where I got to like touch almost a part of every piece of the customer journey, right? So I got kind of got addicted there. Um, I spent time working at a white glove Airbnb company called One Fine Stay based out of London. Essentially when Airbnb started planting its flag across the world, Mark, OFS went straight to the top of the market and we built a portfolio uh, for folks that were in a very comfortable position. Our average our average bookings were around $10,000 for four nights. So some of these places were really wow. beautiful. These were uh, townhouses and brownstones and uh, luxury uh, rental suites in places like Manhattan and London and Paris and, and Los Angeles. So, so there's some really beautiful homes, some of those beautiful homes that I've ever seen in my life. And we met some really interesting people that were the hosts and the guests there. We'd have folks that were English Premier League soccer players, and we'd have actors and actresses and musicians and you know, business executives from all over the world. So it's a really, really fun experience there working with kind of thinking about how to build a customer experience and how to build a customer success unit to support that type of a business. Um, then it mm-hmm. took a totally different path, but time at a, at a home healthcare technology company in the Flatiron District of Manhattan called Home Team. And we were trying to create beautiful days for older adults. And we were doing that by building technology for both our caregivers, the people that were taking care of grandma and grandpa and mom and dad, and then we were also building this incredible care navigation support team, people that were going to help family members who were going through that aging experience so that they understood sort of what was going on every single day and what were some of the things that were happening with care and how could there could be areas of improvement. And then what brought me back to Buffalo, as you mentioned, so I, and I, guys, I was just telling Mark today before jumping into the show, I'm literally looking at snow coming out, coming down um, in droves in Buffalo. So it's November, it's November 16th and we're already seeing it. But I came back to Buffalo because I had an opportunity to work for our sole unicorn here at Buffalo a company called ACB Auctions. And um, ACB built an incredible marketplace for auto dealers across North America to be able to buy and sell cars. And I had the pleasure of working with the executive leadership team for two years, really, again, thinking about what our customer experience and our customer success roadmap was going to look like. For the last couple of years, Mark, I've been focused on building my company, CX Chronicles. We we created CXE after years of being practitioners ourselves. So I kind of laid that story for our listeners so they understand I had the pleasure of working in a bunch of different businesses, bunch of different industries, different executive teams too, because this is a big part of CX and CS guys is like, depending on what your executive leadership team is focused on, uh, both from an organizational goals perspective and certainly from a financial operations perspective, you're going to get a whole bunch of different paths coming from your CX and your CS future, depending on that. Um, and really, we experienced the firsthand challenges and opportunities, how hard it is to build a, a you know world-class uh, dynamite CX customer success and revenue operations team for a growing business, right? This, it, this is not an easy space. Um, there's a, it's, it's highly complex. You work with almost everybody in the business. Um, and realistically, what we're doing today is we're providing fractional CXO managed services. Um, we work with teams all across North America, helping them think about how they can optimize the four CX pillars. And as you mentioned, we got the, the CX Chronicles podcast where every single week, just like you, Mark, we have awesome uh, customer-focused business leaders coming on the show and talking about how they've kind of tackle the four CX pillars in, in their own careers. And, and guys, we're going to have Mark coming on real soon. So we're excited uh, to have uh, to, to have Mr. Slayton coming on and sharing his story. But that's that's the quick, le- that's a high level, man, to set the stage. Well, thanks so much for setting the stage, stage, Adrian. I just wish we could get you a little more 
passionate and energetic. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, intro. I'm already on oh two cups God. of coffee for the day. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to get that blend. <laughs> I'll send it to you. It's Folgers. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. That was that was really interesting. Um, let me let me just um, launch off of something you said, which was the different kinds of CX um, CEOs and leadership and how to respond to those, those different uh, kinds of leaders. And the first kind of leader that I would love for you to share your thoughts about is the CEO who currently doesn't have a CX discipline built in and they don't know what they don't know. Sure. So I would say, I would say, what would you tell that person as to what would be the benefit of getting a discipline around customer experience for their organization? Okay. So I love that question, Mark. I think, you know, over over all these years and really kind of being able to, to, to have the chance to work across all different aspects of customer experience and customer success, the reason why we spent so much time talking about the four CX pillars of team, tools, process, and feedback at CXC is because customer experience and customer success is a function. It's, it's, it's super complex. It typically um, overarches or, or it's expanded across the entire customer journey. So from like the minute somebody becomes... Uh, aware of, of the fact that your business or your product or your service even exists out there in the ether, all the way to loyalty and retention. And obviously in, in the middle, there's a lot of other steps across every single customer journey and every customer pipeline, right? You have to become aware of something before you can consider it. And before you um, convert or buy it, you need to understand what other players are out there. And then once you decide to convert and you buy it, then you got to think about onboarding, right? You got to have the first, whether it's 30, 60, 90, maybe even 12 months, to understand how that product or how that service or how that that thing is going to provide value in your life. And then after that, once you once you're up and running, right? It's all about account management and loyalty. And how do you keep that person for the long haul so that you can not only increase lifetime value but create an army of promoters out there in the world who literally do some of your marketing for you and they go and get some of your future clients for you or they help maybe even some of your existing clients stay because they've already validated and vetted the fact that you are one of the best solutions in that space. And when I talk about the CX and the CS space being complex, you know, people forget, Mark, and for a CEO that maybe is new to this, or maybe a CEO that is, has got a growing company, they're, they're trying to figure out sales, number one, how do you got new sales coming in constantly? They're trying to think about their team development, number two, and they're constantly trying to think about how you can keep a great team, you know, really kind of doubling down on all the, all the good things that are happening. But CX and CS involves many different areas. There's customer success management. There's professional services or product implementation. There's knowledge management for your products and your services. People need to know how to use your products and services to be able to understand the value they're receiving from it. Then you get to some more of the operative type of thinking, right? You get into the customer or the technical support, and then you get into your retention and your um, your portfolio optimization. So think about how your team's going to do upselling and cross-selling, how you're going to do renewals. And this is a big part of customer success, Mark, right? Where you see so many companies doubling down and investing on expanding their customer success teams because they understand it's going to drive retention and it's going to drive, it's going to drive net new revenue from your existing customers, which is frankly much easier. And then there's all these other benefits, right? You're, you're lowering customer acquisition costs. You're theoretically amplifying the number of promoters that you got out there in the world. And, so, and all that kind of leads into uh, who backs all this is customer success ops. So there's a lot of different things that go into building a world-class CX and CS organization. And at CXC, what we really try to do with our clients and certainly what we do with our community every week, Mark, with the, with the email and with, with all the folks that, 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 that are consuming our content right now, we try to break that into four buckets, right? How are you thinking about your team? 
How are you thinking about managing and utilizing your tools, right? How are you building processes? Because every company evolves every single solitary week, man. If I mean, minimally once a month, you look back at your company and there's going to be a hundred different things you guys change that month for customers. Some of it's externally for customers and some of it's internally for your team. And then the last part's feedback. And I kind of hit on this earlier, but who in your business is thinking about what the customers are saying and who in your business is thinking about what the employees are saying? So for, for the CEO that's thinking about why do they need CX or why should they invest in the customer success? The, the the real the real question is why wouldn't you? It's it's it, the, the 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 return is far too great, and I and I think the other thing is this: every company is going to have a different natu- natural evolution or maturation around how they kind of build and then gain the benefit or see the benefit of CX and CS. But the faster you get started, the faster this stuff starts getting mapped, the faster the different calls to action start getting teed up, the faster you see how your team's going to be able to double down. Yeah, that, thank you for sharing that that uh, that background, and I, I agree one hundred percent. As you're talking, I'm thinking about, you know, particularly as organizations scale, right? They start growing, then silos form. They form naturally because each area of the business is focused on their area of the business, and those silos can get in the way of outstanding customer experiences. And so, as you grow, um, ha- who is going to advocate for the customer if you if you don't have a CX advocate or CX person or a, a uh, an organization helping you either as a fractional as you describe or as an outside consultant or even you know helping you to say here are the things you know you should have in place your CX roadmap if you will um, that yep. you keep checking in on. And ensuring that from the top to the bottom of the organization, we're advocating for the customer, right? Yep, one hundred percent. Yep, absolutely. And 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 Mark, wait to, to just to add to that really quick is this is why we're constantly talking about CX and customer success. Yeah, it's a team sport. I would argue one of the biggest gains that any company in the world is going to get from investing and uh, accelerating their CX and their CS efforts. It's what you said, Mark. Is like. As a company grows, as a team grows, as a customer base grows, the silos definitely are going to form. I would say CX and CS is one of the, the easiest ways you can minimally build bridges or start doing plumbing and electrical wiring where you start, you're at least connecting the silos. Um, and there's a, there's a number of different ways you can do this, right? Like for a really advanced, mature, uh, successful customer experience team inside of a large business, they're probably already running voice of customer task force, or they're probably already doing uh, weekly, bi-weekly, minimally, monthly um, report out views for all the silos. So you can see st- you can see strategic, specific um, calls to action, whether you're sales, whether you're marketing, or whether you're finance. And again, it's the easiest way that you remind everyone in your business how even if they're not customer facing, and even if they don't think they're a part of the customer experience, they are. Once you start to map this stuff, and once you start to build customer journeys, and you see the blueprint around all the different facets of your customer journey, you immediately start to see where every single person on your team, whether you're a hundred person company or whether you're a hundred thousand person company, you immediately start to see where people have an impact. And then you can start to think about areas of accountability, responsibility, and authority. And that's where you really start to give people an opportunity to come around um, the customer experience, come around the customer journey and work together to build that customer success. Yeah, I I really like what you said um, about the journey, about the importance of of mapping the journey, and a lot of people, a number of people don't don't aren't familiar, may not be familiar with what a journey map is, but it's it's just simply looking at the journey that a customer goes through 
through their lens rather than the company's lens. Um, and, and when you do that, of course, then you're, you're having to get out of your silos and think about yeah. it from the customer's lens. And so one of the most, I mean, you start to make improvements right on the, on the business process side, once you learn where the, the hot points or the pain points and, and quite frankly, the opportunities are, um, you know, you can do that, but what you described is something that um, is, a benefit that is often like a hidden benefit, which is um, people start to see their role. They connect the dots, all right, how it all fits together. And they begin to see things beyond just their own silo. And they can see things from the customer's lens. And I would argue, going back to what you said about the employee experience, that is a huge lift for their own employee experience is seeing how the dots get connected. Would you agree? A hundred percent. I think you just nailed it, Mark. One of the biggest side benefits of investing in CX and CS, back to your CEO question, it's the EX game that comes from it. Because again, you're right. Whether, and again, whether you're a small company and you just got your first customer experience manager on board, or maybe you just made your first CSM hire, your first customer success manager hire, from that day forward, you have a guy or a gal inside of the business who is thinking about how you can triangulate knowledge, how you can start building bridges. You probably start getting more meetings called, which I know everyone's got enough meetings on their plate, but like these are fun meetings because then you're starting to bring uh, multiple subject matter experts around a table. You're talking about brass tax matters. Um, You're having obviously sometimes friendly and heated banter around what's real and not real. I can't tell you how many times we've done customer journey mapping for our clients, Mark, where the chief revenue officer has a wildly different view of what's happening in the world versus everybody else at the table. And I'm not hating on our friends in sales. We need them because no, a business wouldn't be a business without blood coming through, right? right? But you start to see different people say, hey, wait, no, you just said we have 10 sales assets for onboarding. No, we don't have one. There's not one. We've been asking for that for six months. We need help with it. So then you start to do, it's almost like um, it's almost like team training. You start to immediately identify calls to action. You again, you start to see which people are going to own those CTAs, right? Is that a sales and marketing thing, or is that a customer success thing, right? And then you're starting to plot. You're starting to lay out all these different opportunities, like you just suggested, Mark, where your team can now make some bets on which of those CTAs are going to have the highest, highest ROI, right? Because we're all constrained with time, we're all constrained with energy, we're all constrained with money. But CX and CS is one of the biggest, easiest ways that you can have an embedded piece of project management happening within your business on a, on a daily basis, thinking about not just the customer, but also the employee. And you're absolutely right where I think what we'll see, especially as maybe teams get a little bit leaner over the next few years, right? We're all reading the same stories about, about our wonderful global economy and all the things that are happening out there, there in the world. And I, I want to take an optimistic approach. I still think it's an incredible time for the right types of businesses to be building and growing and scaling. Yeah. But now more than ever, I do think that the EX piece is going to be where A, a players they're going to, when they, when it comes time to figuring out who they want to work for and where they want to be and where they want to be employed, I do think that A players are going to really want to make sure that there's something happening on the EX investment side with the companies that they're going to be thinking about joining. So I think it's a, it's a, it could be a win-win for all. I, I agree. And I'm hearing more and more about and reading more about the EX piece of it. And especially with a uh, great resignation and, um, and we're hearing about some layoffs. I mean, in that recruiting, staffing, that world, that's going to be, those people are earning their pay right now. Uh, yes. It's a hard, it's a hard job. So when we talk about EX, we talk about the EX, we're talking about the employee experience, um, you know, how we could lift that up. And, and uh, 
if you don't mind me kind of going into that a little deeper right now, sure. Um, I I agree one hundred percent. It is table stakes to have the the salary and the benefits um, and the work environment. The, those are just table stakes to get good employees. Like you've got to have those. You, you and you know what those are. I mean that you can figure out what those are for your organization. Like what makes the appropriate the appropriate sense, right? But what what I'm what I'm going to dive into here, maybe it's a little risky to talk about, is that I think there's an opportunity missed in um, enriching the employees by connecting those dots, by allowing them to really see, visualize, feel, recognize, and reward how everything fits together, how their job is making a difference in the lives of the customers that your organization serves. And I, I think I think that's an itch that needs to be scratched. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. I, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I think that number one, when you want to think about one of the simplest ways of starting your CX in your CS journey or your investment or your team or your department, right? The first place you probably can start anyway, if you go hire one of the the best vice presidents of customer experience or customer success in the world, he or she, what they're going to start, every single one of them, they're going to start with their 30, 60, 90 day listening tour with who? Your employees, number one, right? Because you've got to start with the people that know the business, know the space. They know the willy and the where. They know what makes customers tick. They know what makes customers heated. They know, they know, so they already know what makes customers thrilled and, and elated that they're, that, that they're in your life, right? And, and then the, the next piece is just, and I'm going to go back to kind of the four CX pillars, but like I ask this question every single week, Mark, to our guests in the CX Chronicles podcast. I say, you know, what is one of the most important pillars? What, what do you view as one of the most important pillars? Like it's 99% of the time people say team and team is comprised of your employees, right? And the thinking here is that like um, the reason why you're seeing so much out there in the world about the importance of leveraging EX and employee experience, employee engagement these are the people that are going to retain your customers. These are the people that are going to upsell and cross-sell your customers. These are the same people that are going to build your product, improve your product, iterate upon your product or your service, right? So it, it, it's almost imperative in today's world to start thinking about, and a simple starting point could just be, are, how often are you polling, polling your employees? How often are you just getting a sense or a pulse check around what's good, what's bad, what could be done better, right? And I know, look, I get it. A, a lot of people, it, it takes until you have a more, robust, mature customer experience, or maybe even an analytical team that can help with polling and sampling and understand sort of what this stuff looks like. But it can also be as simple as just on your next all hands, getting getting raises of hands or getting yeses of no's on some of the big, big hairy items that you're that, that you're thinking about as a company, right? But I think it's I think it's critical, man. And I think again, I, I really mean it where I think as the great resignation and the great migration and certainly over these next two years, if if companies are going to get slimmer, theoretically uh, the job place is going to get a bit more competitive, but I still believe that the A players are going to be what's going to be a comparative is that they're working for companies that are thinking about this stuff. I know on some people, I had a guest recently on the show, Jay Bear, who talked about, you know, in times of downturn in the economy, sometimes executive teams don't need to worry about it as much because realistically, there's less jobs. There's more people looking for jobs. They've got the upper hand. But I think what the, I think what COVID showed the whole world, man, is people, uh, both consumers and employees, our expectations have shifted dramatically, right? We've got wildly different expectations of what the new normal is going to look like. And I think that people are going to want to work at companies where 
employee and EX and just the way that employee engagement is, is thought about is going to be one of the big reasons why somebody wants to work at a company. And then the CX and the CS, it comes after that, right? So you got it. It's almost like tipping, tipping things on your head and almost starting with the EX side before you start building world-class dynamic CX and CS. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and a couple of times, um, Adrian, you have mentioned CS, and, which I know stands for customer success. So if you could, I've done a number of podcasts now and that term hasn't come up yet. Uh, and I've had a lot of CX practitioners, professionals, et cetera, but it's something I've heard, but other people may not be familiar with. So tell us what the definition of it is from your perspective and also like what applications are best suited for customer success or customer success management? Sure. So I think at a, at a very high level for most businesses, customer success starts typically when sales has done their job, right? They got a new customer, they've brought them on board. Mm -hmm. Some some companies, customer success actually starts at onboarding. Mm -hmm. So it depends. So just, I'm going to start off with the fact that depending on your business or your product or your service or your executive leadership team's appetite, Customer success is really there. The deal has been closed. The customer is now on board. The customer is ready to start using or consuming our products or our services. Hmm. And when I think about customer success at a very high level, um, some of the best CS teams and leaders that are out there, they're thinking about how their, their customer success managers can be proactive with their customer portfolio. They're thinking about customer goals and success plans, meaning, look, because the best CS in the world is like, if you can get to the point where your CSM literally understands his or her customers' customers' problems, now you just became invaluable. I don't care if it's a, a piece of software or if it's a, a monthly service, but when you start getting to the point where you're literally helping your customers do a better job of managing that customer portfolio, that is no one's arguing with the value that you're getting from that. So customer goal and success planning and achievement and tracking is a huge part of customer success. Um, for many of our SaaS friends, it's about driving driving product adoption and driving um, your time uh, increasing or improving or just showing your customers the time to value. So, like if you think about some of our SaaS friends, Mark, you know it could be the first thirty or sixty or ninety days, of making sure do you know how to use the tool? Do you know about these different features? Did you know about our community where we've got a thousand FAQs that before you think that you might hit a blocker, here's what our other five hundred users dropped into our into our community base, right? So, like. It's also about showing them the lay of the land and showing them all the information that your company and your team has already aggregated for them to be able to understand, you know, what how to use the product or the, or the service. The other big piece about customer success, I think this is where you're going to see big shift. And I, and I might be a little bit ahead on this, so it'll be interesting to see what people think about this. But, you know, I, I talk about all the time at CXC how CX and CS is modern selling. Because the other big thing that you're seeing with customer success teams is they're taking over uh, a bit more of the revenue responsibility than ever report ever before, right? So they're focused on not just retention and churn mitigation. So if you've got a hundred customers bringing in a million a year, many customer success teams are thinking about, hey, Mark, how can you take that million, retain you know ninety nine percent of it, if not more, right? If you're talking about having a a positive net revenue retention rate, and Mark, we want you to add maybe ten percent on on top of it each year because if you're touching all those customers. You're doing your regular check-ins. You're adding value. You're making sure they understand the product and the service better than anybody. They're going to, number one, there's going to be an opportunity for upsell, cross-sell, or you're going to get customer success qualified leads. And you don't hear enough CROs talking about this yet, man, Where which is like, if you want one of the best leads that you can get, it's when your customer success team, through their points of contact, finds the next 10 qualified leads through their networks. They're already using the product. They already know how it works. 
they already know who, who's going to be uh, qualified or who's your optimal ICP, right? Your ideal customer profile. Once your customer success team starts yanking out 100 customer success qualified, customer success qualified leads per month, you just got 1,200 at-bats that are definitely going to have a higher conversion rate, a lower CAC rate. Um, you got people who are probably primed and ready to go a little bit earlier. So you're probably going to shrink your onboarding time or you're going to shrink your onboarding efforts. Hmm. Those are some like high level ideas around sort of how, how I kind of think about customer success in today's world. Yeah. Well, it, it makes sense. I mean, um, for a couple of reasons to me is um, talk about a way to enhance the customer experience is to have a person or a team there to advocate for the customer. And I love what you said about understanding what the customer's goals are, not, not the company's goals. We, we, we know what those are, right? But what's, what's the, <laughs> yeah. what's the customer's goals? Cause they're, every customer is different. I mean, there's some similarities, but there's, there's some difference. And, and uh, you talked about this word adoption, right? So in the world of SaaS, especially, um, when you're, when you, you could, you could sell a program that has a whole bunch of licenses, but if it doesn't get adopted, um, ultimately number one is you might not make enough sales because, because the licenses aren't getting you know used or two is it will just fizzle out. So if, if, if you've got someone focused on listening to what the customers need and what their pain points are, and, and this is true. Well, it's true for some service or products more than others is the onboarding experience um, can have an incredible impact on the success of, well, a couple of things. It, it can have an effect on the, the ultimate success or non-success of the product or service you're selling. Um, and, two, yep. and two, is it can do the thing that, that, that I try and focus on on my business, which is turning in different customers into loyal fans. 100%. Right. Yep. So that success, yep. that success is sort of like the human duct tape, you know, between, between the customer, you know, starting and then being successful. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I think what you, what you just made me think about there, Mark, too, is there's a number of different ways you can build a customer success team. And obviously I think every business and every industry and every, every executive team will again, have their fingerprints on that. Yeah. But one thing that you just said right there that, that you are spot on about is, you know, this is why so many modern SaaS CS teams are building in pods because what you just said, where theoretically, if you can bring the guy or the gal who's really great at just managing and wrangling the hundred customers, but then you bring in maybe like an information or a solution architect who understands technology and understands the product at a much deeper level. And then maybe you bring in the salesperson or the rev ops person who's thinking about growth, future demand, future customer acquisition, the next people in line, right? And then lastly, product, you bring product into that and you got like a little four person powerhouse pod that you're not just having a, a hundred customers looked at with the CS angle. You're having the customer success angle looked at at the product angle, the revenue angle, maybe marketing sits in there somewhere with the rev ops side or the demand generation side, because then they're going to be able to think about, wait a minute, if, if, if 80% of the people are thinking about it this way, we're going to change next quarter's messaging and stories, just a couple degrees to, to, to a different direction to see if it accelerates or fuels growth or to see if it accelerates or fuels conversion or, or future demand. And I think in the last piece of system, and going back to the EX part, and not to make this all about EX, but it is becoming a super, super uh, popular part of CX, which is people love being in companies like that. When you can be in a position where you get to 
have some of your fellow coworker on the on the DevOps team rubbing off on your customers. You're, you think yourself you think of yourself as a customer person or as a service person or a supporting person, right? But then you start to learn about how somebody who thinks about it from a DevOps perspective or a technical perspective, where you get more time with the salesperson who's excellent at dragging them right up to the to the finish line. Then you get better at thinking about loading your lips and thinking about how to how to have difficult conversations, how to have qualifying have conversations, how to have expectation reset conversations. And there's something about that right there too, Mark, that really begins to fan the flames of uh, of how you're investing in fueling the EX growth and the EX development as your business scales into the future. Yeah, and I could I could tell Adrian one of the things I I like about you is you are because I I started off by asking you about what do you you know what would you say to the CEO and and the way you're framing it out does both right it does both you're talking about the customer experience you're talking about the employee experience but you're also framing it in terms of why should I care as a CEO so everything you're talking about in terms of the, you know, in, increasing retention rates, increasing adoption rates, um, in, increasing, um, you know, share, basically share of wallet, um, totally. you know, incre- increasing, and what you didn't talk about was customer forgiveness. When they're happy, they're more likely to forgive, right? When you, yes, when for you sure. mess up. <laughs> Good. Great point. Great point. <laughs> and, and just being listened to, right, Mark? Having customers mm-hmm. that at least have the ability to know that they're at least being listened to. Yeah. And maybe it's just, maybe the idea is just being filtered, processed and received. But but when customers know that not only are they going to give feedback and then it's going to get put into a queue, it's going to be assessed, it's going to be thought about with not just not just Adrian, the CSM, but like a team of SMEs who are looking at this from a holistic perspective. Customers love that. Pioneering customers, especially, that's a big part of why they take risks with new companies. It's a big part of why they'll go use a startup that's trying to disrupt an antiquated space. Um, and that's part of why you see some of these companies or some of these unicorns go from an idea in someone's head to a billion dollar capitalized business in five or six or seven years, because these companies are just accelerating the hell out of the out of the feedback cycle with both their customers and their employees. And that's how they're able to drive massive change and massive innovation in such a short period of time. Yeah. So, it, it, and just to add on to that, it's not just about getting the feedback and getting the insights. It's about having a systematic way to act on that feedback and those insights, 100%. right? Well, this, let me just say, this has been really uh, action-packed and I can't believe it's already that time we need to land the plane, but I just so appreciate, Adrian, the unique background that you have. Um, And I love the stories about New York City and getting your chops in in, in Manhattan and and around there um, and learning from the VCs because, you know, feet to the fire all the time, got to get results. You know, the way, the way you hear Adrian talk, it's, it's a, he has firsthand knowledge of, of just really having to get results and talk the language of the CEO. And I love that. Yep. No, I appreciate that, Mark. And I think that's why this is one of the coolest spaces in any business is because of what you just said. Like we are the hub of so much of the growth, the innovation, the product development. And this is why I think that this space, customer experience, customer success is going to be an incredible professional space for customer focused business leaders to be a part of over the next 10 years. There's, there's no question about it. Well, this was awesome, Adrian. Um, you're, you're a cool dude. Uh, and, uh, I, I, I know you have already shared your, your goal to get a second home in Florida. So you don't have to freeze out on a lake there, <laughs> which is one of the smartest things I heard you say. Snowbirds pre 40, Mark. That's the goal for me and my wife. That's the goal. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> hey, if if our uh, if the folks listening to the show would like uh, to get a hold of you, what would be the best way for them to reach you? hundred percent. First of all, Mark, thank you so much for having me on the sure. show, man. It's been my absolute pleasure. Um, I love what you're doing with the show. We've had some incredible guests, awesome storytelling, awesome, awesome nuggets of wisdom in, in all of your episodes. So I'm just thrilled to be here. Um, if people want to learn more about me, obviously start start with LinkedIn. Adrian Brady Chisana, LinkedIn, super active there. Um, always networking and meeting with other uh, other customer-focused business leaders. So you can find me on LinkedIn. And then second of all, definitely check out the CX Chronicles podcast. Again, like I said, we're going to have Mark on the show in the upcoming weeks ahead. So we're super excited about that. But, uh, um, you know, we're almost to 200 episodes, Mark. So over the last several years, we've had hundreds of conversations with customer-focused business leaders from across the world. And we think that we've cataloged an incredible wealth of knowledge around how these different people think about the four CX pillars. So every single week, we're talking about team, tools, process, and feedback. And we're giving our listeners ideas for how they can build their team, build their tech stacks, build their playbooks, and really get excellent at the feedback part that you just mentioned, right? Where you can act on your feedback. So check out the CX Chronicles podcast and your favorite podcast player. And then lastly, check us out at cxchronicles.com, right? So easiest place to learn about what we're doing for our clients with our CX, CS, RevOps as a service, and then our CX and CS focused strategic partners is checking out the website. Um, and uh, we're always down to chat with people, always down to figure out how we can help, man. And, and obviously always, always down to meet with other folks in the CX and the CS space. Excellent. Adrian, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for listening to the Delighted Customers Podcast. I'd like to ask you a favor. If you have enjoyed this episode or any of my other ones, hit subscribe or follow. I've got a lot of other great guests that are coming up and a lot of other great content, and I don't want you to miss anything. You can find any links or references on the show in the show notes, and you can find those on my website at empoweredcx.com. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.